Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Science Fiction Starred by, by Bryce Walton His wife's face was ugly. It was shallow and flat, like a broken plate. From balcony at the apartment in the communal workers' centre, Brooks turned his gaze, his hate, away from her face. He looked at the moon. The disk of the dreams was being blotted out by the sea. There were night shadows that on the sea fringed the white curving foam of breaking tide. Like the lost sea of Engelaha, beside which he had fought through many century show adventures for the wounding love of Gloria Delaire, most beautiful actress, Lowenian Studio City. He moved towards his wife. He back, she backed away till she was standing with her back against the below from the Palestines, dropped 500 feet into the sea foam. A voice had an edge to it, thin, petty whine. You're sick, Andy. Your face looks funny. You scare me. He stopped. A grey worker's uniform did nothing for her body. You're ugly, he said. I'm leaving. I hate my face. I hate yours, so I'm getting out. She said, Andy, that's against the law. Who ever heard of such a thing? You're hearing it now, Andy, said. I can't stand living here with you anymore. I can't stand anything about you or this beehive, so I'm leaving. But where are you going? Where you go, Andy? They'll find you, Andy. Listen to me. You've been to personology. They examined you. You had that bad accent at the takeoff point. You made a mistake installed in the fuel capsule. There was an explosion. Men were killed. What did they say at the personology? Brooks stared at soft calling moon. Gloria Diana was there tonight. She, he whispered, I wonder if he is as tired of being just an actress for my dreams as I am of just dreaming of her. Andy, what did you just what did they say at personology? Oh, a lot of stuff I don't understand. What if it what if it matters what it amounts to is that I'm crazy. Crazy? Schizophrenia, Andy said. Fancy reality mixed up as what the personologist Chief said. He said that always leads to its fancy. Remember the Oxymorian Brooks, he said. No worker makes mistakes. That's right, Andy. There's a place for dreaming, there's a place for working. You kept on thinking about that Gloria Dania, even when after you got out the sentry shows. You carried pictures of her, always rereading those silly letters she sent you. 
after you wrote that nonsense love note. Your room is filled with pinups of her. So you went and had an accident. See, that proves that Polystrologist was right. You made a mistake. Men were killed. Brooke looked at the moon, like 240,000 miles away. He moves his paradise. Ha! His wife said. He wouldn't use you for doormat. You were just part of another dream. She was enacting. That's all. Why, you little runt? She wouldn't give you a second look. Not even the first look. You're a fool, even if you aren't crazy. Brooks scarcely heard his wife's shrill voice. He constructed a dream world of his own, named Alakar. On the well, on this world, he was the greatest. He and his greatest actress lived through a thousand glorious adventures, comparing his wife with Gloria Dania, made the situation impossible. It was the same with his wife. He knew. She had a century sure hero, Clifford Maloney, for whom no mortal least of all any books could ever compare or write. He had had the answer to both their problems. He was getting out tonight, closed his eyes in a, mo- a moment. There was Gloria Dania walking beside the lost sea of Agagar. Come back, my dear, the armies of Agagar, the palace gates. I pray for your return and strength for your arms and your love. Hey, look at me. I'm, look, I'm tired of looking at you, Andy said, and opened his eyes and, and, and anyway, have to run away. They're going to give me directed century shows. They're going to select all my entertainment for me, drive all my own dreams out, drive Gloria Dania out, place my free choice entertainment with her own. He called it directed therapy. It will cure me, make me efficient, worker again, but I mean I won't love Gloria Dania anymore. Fool, she cried. It's crazy love at our actors and actresses outside the century shows. That's what he told me. And he said, he said that century shows were planned and provided for the workers by personality just to keep us sane and efficient. Actors and actresses are for everyone's benefit, he said. He said it was antisocial for me to want to monopolise Gloria Dania. For him, myself. That's right, Andy. That's right. Oh, he's a great talker. The personologist was. He said, "Personology has saved the world from destruction." Once everyone was crazy. He said, "Running around in days, fancy reality all mixed up, made wars and criminals and neurotics." He said, "Now we've got planned, legalized fancy century shows. A man can be a big shot in a imaginary world. He can have the support of the most beautiful actress and actors." Now. There's a definite, definite time for dreaming, one for working. Normally, one never overlaps the other. That's certainly right, Andy. You should see what that I do. A shallow idiot, Andy said. You're, cont- you're content to dream. I'm not. I'm interested in the real glory, Damien. Dreams aren't enough anymore. Not for me. Andy, you always were different. I could never figure you out. I'm not interested in trying. But, but all I got to say is you're just not using common sense. What if all us workers who worship the actors and actresses up in Hollywood too stormed the moon, took a million rockets and all flew to the moon? You're crazy, Andy. You think how wonderful the century shows are? Work a few hours a week. The rest of the time you can live a beautiful life with actors and actresses. are so good they can make you believe anything. Not me, said Andy. And he said, 
If a dream can't come true, it's no good. So I'm going to the moon, to Studio City, going to find Gloria Dania in person. Dull eyes bulge incredulously at him. Andy, that's forbidden. You're breaking the Class A law. You know what happens to them that does that. Does that. I'm going, Andy said. I can sneak aboard a moon rocket. Moon rocket. I'm going tonight. Andy, I'll tell I'm not letting you do it. Andy lunged. A cry gurgled in silence under his fingers. He lifted his uh, shivering body up over the colonnade. I figured you would, he said. And then I figured that this way you wouldn't. Her body fell into the darkness. Brooks stood there a long time, gazing down, curling white foam on the breakers. It was like ripping open a black hole, pouring a pass into it. He closed up the hole and turned. He could never submit it to directed sentry shows, so he had to fight. In the old days, a man could fight for what he loved, even if success was impossible. A pursuit that counted, the pursuit of happiness, that made man, men and nations strong. There had been many, had been men and nations, and his heart beat wildly as they went down the, as he went down the escalator. He might not succeed, but he would have the pleasure of trying for forbidden incredible, and he would crash the gates of Shoe City on the moon. Pilot was forward in the cage, checking the pre-navigation controls. Brooks slipped into the flight chamber and crawled behind newly loaded packing cases. His skin tingled, his breathing was rapid. The Odyssey had been the big factor in his successful sneaking aboard a new moon supply rocket. It's conceivable that anyone would so much as think of breaking the Class A law, punishment with stream, and if you selected personnel, other than stars, including persecutors, directors, and psychogenic radical screen projection artists, unlike ever made a flight. For them, it was always a one-way trip. Only the pilot security guard accompanying the flight and return for the moon. They never left a rocket. While on the moon, the rocket always returned immediately to Earth. Veiled glamorous mystery surrounded the stars. Mysterious pseudo city. <clears throat> Brooks' familiarity with the take-up field, where he'd worked as a mechanic and fuelman, assuming the negligence that caused his big, big blow-up, he nodded to his, his arrangement schedule, and enabled him to don a mechanical uniform, locker room, set, get a electrical drill supply house for use of excuse for boarding the rocket. Boarding, he went and out unnoticed. Mild confusion always reigned. About the rocket prior to takeoff, no one had noticed he had not come out of the rocket. Lucky for him, personality removed all personnel who had been employed at the field at the time of the disaster for therapy. <coughs> personality had always looked out for the workers. So Brooks lay in darkness, shivering with excitement that was partly fear, the muffled, tremendous, thunderous explosion. Engulfed him. The area around him vibrated smoothly. The rocket was lifting, even protected as he was by the inflated shock cushion. And he had dug out of a freight room storage locker. The pressure was intense. He blacked out. He knew he'd been out a long time. His own groaning awakened him. He grabbed at the edge of a packing case to pull himself erect. The effort smashed him up 
into the ceiling, blood ran down his face. Weightless now in space, he moved around a little, careful, to hold on to something. And then he stared at the dim shadow of the bulkhead door. He licked his lips slowly. The throbbing of his pulse became thunderous. The emptiness of his stomach turned to nausea. This was a great real adventure, not a dream. But he would have to end somewhere, somewhere. He rubbed his lips and sweat ran down his face. What then? The Class A law said no one was to go to moon. But why was it so important? What was so wrong about actually seeing the actors and actresses, but seeing the big production factories where they acted out one's dreams? His flesh seemed cold and feverish at once. The penalty made him wince. Accommodation to experimental stations of fate, normally reserved for heritage and incurable mental detectives. Experiments involving spaceflight, such which so far no human body had been able to sustain but a few million miles, brain surgery, body construction alterations. There were other experiments not commonly discussed. No one looked forward to breaking a Class A law. No one survived experiments, capital punishment, and that benefited the order. Therefore, it was good. But not for Andy Brooks. Yet, there was no turning back now. Murder was also infringement of Class A law. But that might be considered an accident. Anyone could fall from a balcony or jump. Andy thought briefly of his wife, very briefly. She was dead. Didn't seem very important. Whatever... She was dead or not, she had stood in his way, and that had been important. There had never been anything between them anyway, but a silent bit of futile hatred for each other's untractedness. She loved Clifford Maloney, the great actor. He loved Gloria Dania, the actress. No mortal could compare with either of them. No one felt any emotional regard for anyone else. Motion was confined to century shows. Time for motion and dreaming and wishful movement. Time for working. Two never got mixed up. That's what personality had told him. Brooks was trying to figure out what he could, he would do when the rocket hit the moon. We dropped in the depth of Phidias, 18,000 feet, 65-mile wild crater to the city of the stars. Contrary to all, that when the bulk of the door began to open. Brooks gnawed at his lips as he crouched behind the door. The security guard entered, checking probably for possible weight shift. Hoisted to the belt of his grey uniform, renewed true tube, a medicine blast gun. Continuing Cold War with the Eastern Alliance necessitated constant preparedness against possible espionage. That's what personality said. Guard turned to exit. He saw Brooks, his eyes widened remarkably. His eyes moved out as though questioning Brooks' reality. Without thinking, Brooks leaped his breath, breaking harshly. Breaking harshly, the guard grabbed wildly at Brooks' wrist. He fell back, scraping, grunting. He fell broke, full broke the guard's hold. Brooks slammed the bureau against the guard's chest and triggered the, squeezed the trigger release. A gentle world of drill was drowned by the guard's short, incredulous scream of pain. Blood spilled over the drill and ran down Brooks' arm as guards rolled, life, rolled lifelessly against the wall, trembled slightly with the dropping, decreasing motion of the rocket. 
Brooks leaned against the wall. The silence was vast. He looked at his fingers. He sensed the rocket settling. It was done. We had he done now. Really done now. He could not change it back. His wife's body falling into blackness seemed a kind of unreal thing. This was horribly real. The guard would never worry any more about dreams or about reality either. Maybe he was luckier than most. Maybe luckier than Andy Brooks, a mechanic who stopped machinery no mechanic could repair. This is murder for which Andy would pay. That didn't matter. He had broken a class lane law they boarded a moon rocket. There were no degrees of guilt. The thought gave him a kind of freedom inside. Sudden snapping of strings, a singing breaking wires. He took the repertoire from the guard. He did things to the nervous system, including paralysis and blackout. The same use could cause death. He didn't take the medicine blood gun. Too lethal. He was afraid of it. He slipped along the grill mesh. Corridor and crouched outside the door to pilot's cage. He stared at pilot's back, passed the pilot into view screen. The moon was as big as the earth below, sharp edges of light and shadow, gigantic craters and pools of glaring frozen lava. The purple brick shadows of Federalis walls dropped around the rocket. Far below, like a dot of glistening ice, was the white dome brilliance of Studio City. Brooks stared in awe wonderment. Maybe this was a dream too. Too fabulous to be real. A work on the moon, a work of actually being a part of Hollywood too. Legendary marvels. He would see the big production factories where the stars acted out a man's dreams with the big psychogenic radical projection screens formed in marvellous function. Earth and millions of ardent fans spent all possible time in century shows. A small dark chamber, a beam of light, a whiff of gas, music. You couldn't look at it. You were in it. Your wishes took form. Actors, actresses, a choice supported you. It was touch, taste, action, emotion. It's so real, no worker carried to dream, carried to dream during workers' hours. Working hours in the century show chamber, he could be anything, at any time. In many possible worlds, he would be bigger. A king, a soldier, or God. Glory Dania, was your wife, mistress, lover. But there was a real glory, Dana, too. Bare cushioning brilliance spilled over the view screen. The rocket disappeared to wall of flame. A dome opened. Tractor beams clutched the rocket, tilted it, dropped it gently. Pre-aggravated controls combined receiving facilities to work out the usual mechanized perfect routines. A pilot seemed bored, adult. Brooks thought. A man regularly making this flight, unmoved by the grandeur and wonderment. As the rocket was gripped in the big rectorial arms and placed ship atop a crubler grass duck preparatory to the return takeoff, Brooks caught a brief glimpse of the city of stars, just like the ends. Many publicity shots of background for the stars, a home at work, a play, wide venues. Between smoothly domed buildings leading off into parks, residential area, the grass, the trees, the flowers were strange. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Unlike anything on earth, Brooks jerked open the door, pressed the retrotube against the pilot's neck. Pilot turned slowly, face was unimaginative, white and twisted with shock. Surprised, he stared wide-eyed at Brooks. What? The pilot whispered, shut up, Brooks warned. I'm going out there. Once he opened the side port doors, pilot eyes looked beyond Brooks. The guard's dead, Brooks said. I killed him with an electro drill. I can keep this electro gun, a euro gun, on you till you die too. Open doors, don't try to stop me. I'm going out there. The pilot choked. I'm not going, I'm not trying to stop you. Go ahead. Why should I try to stop you? You better not let, try to stop me, Brooks said. Let me tell you something. Listen, the century shows are no good. They create illusion of happiness for us like dope. Anything that makes illusion of happiness with no bliss and reality. That's wrong. It's the same threat to man's mind that's learning to stop being hungry by eating or being your body. Isn't that right? The pilot's mouth hung while it's open. I tell you what's wrong, Brooks. Her voice was loud. A dream would have to be possible to find it in reality. Or it's no good. That's where personality is wrong. Dreams are no good. If they can't come true... What good are wishes and hopes and ambitions? You can't find an exception in, in the century show. Ask me that, uh, Brooks said. I oh, answer it, Brooks shouted. They're no good at all. They're bad. It won't last. People revolt. Or they rot sooner or later. Maybe I'm the first and there'll be many more. Maybe I'm last and everyone will rot. I'm in love with Gloria Dania, see? Reality in love. Really in love. You understand that? Listen, you stupid adult. Don't not tell me that your he's your favourite actress too. Do you mean don't doesn't mean anything? You don't have the nerve to do anything about it. Question is, can you ever be in love with me, a worker? I don't know. Whispered the pilot. You know about that physiologist said to me. Brooks screamed. He told me we're all crazy about the century shows. When you mix dreams up reality, he said that's insanity. But it's more, what's more insane in admitting the work we do is all we ever got out, get out of life. 
We can never know anything wonderful, anything we really want than we real life. Can you tell me what could be more insane than that? The pilot shook his head, sweat ran down his nose. Don't move or leave the neutral troop on you long enough to kill you, Brooks shouted, because you don't understand. I won't move, the pilot whispered. I won't try to stop you. I won't say anything. Go back out there. Go back out there. Go back out there and open the door for you. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know anything. I've never seen you. All right, you're full, but I think you're honest. Already the side freight door chamber port was open. Roger tractors were loading, carting the freight to Corbea belts. Brooks ran into the exit chamber, shut the air tight. A pilot kept his word and the outer door opened. Brooks went down the ladder. He ran. He didn't look back. He didn't have time for the, that. Somewhere there were a few guards stationed here, permanently in the city barracks building. They would learn of his deeds, but he was free for a while. He ran down the long silent venues, through the strangely silent parks, among the odd unlovely plants, among the alien-looking trees, over the plain, like unreal seeming grass, above in the trenolite dome, held in a sympathetic atmosphere, was like a huge white bubble. Brooks walked like a drugged man, for his dreams came Though his three dreams come true, he stared, his mouth hung open. A warm, ecstatic joy filled him. Stars, stars everywhere. There's Elaine Maloney, Clifford Malone, gliding past a bubble-shaped, shiny white cover car. They passed her close to Brooks, could see the colour of their eyes, the shine of their teeth. To most women, Clifford Malone was filming every wish. Evelyn Malone was second in pop, only poverty, glory, Dania, beautiful people, golden skin, perfectly proportioned, like gods and goddesses. Brooks walked slowly, halting, taking in the atmosphere like a thing starved, beautiful here. There was something wrong, wrong with the air. It was silence. It wasn't peaceful, too heavy. He couldn't explain it. There was something to fear in the silence. Nothing moved except the stars. Now, moving across the wide green lawns, paper like grass, the stairs were whirring along the streets, although through the air, noisily, stars, and made no sound. There would be more noise somewhere, there, walking towards him, four of Hollywood's twos, most demand supporting players who walked right past him. Couldn't touch. You could touch them. Michael Forreston, Marina Rosa, Greta Moore, Gil Grimdone brushed against him as they passed. Brooks stumbled out their way. He could talk to these people he, if he could work up the courage. Maybe later he would get to have the courage after the initial days were worn a little. We found Gloria Dania. But why hadn't they noticed him? They didn't seem to see him, even though he was there. Here, they would have bumped into him if he hadn't stepped aside. Now and he felt lost, terribly small, all at once, more terribly alone, as he wandered up and down the gamma's shrouded avenues, through the parks, the wonderfully intricate playgrounds, the stars' children, special, beautiful little creatures playing with wonderfully advanced toys. They grew up to provide dreams for century shows millions, but now they didn't make any noise. That was odd. Kids usually shouted and laughed when they played, but when Star's children 
Then the instructor would be different. Here, everything had a strange, silent difference, and he unexpected quite this much difference. The silence was smooth, suffering, smothering, smoothing, suffering, suffocating, stars, stars everywhere. Living, breathing environment of millions of workers, millions of dreams, but no sounds. He saw no one else of his own class. No, he wasn't, that wasn't surprising. No workers, nor goats. No one in the grey, neutralised uniforms. Just stars in their beautiful, unique, individualised style garments. Just the silent children playing silently. Her figures moving in an old, three-dimensional movie. Dorothy Dillian walked past, tall and lithe, colour of a melting copper, her hair a tingling black cloud around bare shoulders. Annie could have, tu- could have touched her arm. He started to say something, but he couldn't. She didn't seem to see him. Clenched his hands and started to yell something after her, but managed to control himself. Bitterness and resentment crowded the awed wonderment. Maybe that was the reason first theology strictly forbade anyone coming to the moon. It would break illusions. Maybe the stars were really just a lot of superior snobs held their worships in contempt. Maybe, but Delia and her wouldn't be like that. She was different, he knew. Together they shared dream adventures that were his and hers, his alone. Agadar, the palace of Agadar, the armies of Essia, she would be different. A sense of timeliness carried him along. There's no day or night, by contrast, always scientific day bubble overhead. The smooth domed buildings, the walkways and avenues, already a cold, ever shuddering, shining light. He hadn't taken the guards' watch. How long had he been walking? He didn't feel hungry or thirsty or tired. No measurement in silence, cold, white, unchanging light. He stood by a lake. Scene was like a three-dimensional photograph, grass under him, like rustling confetti. A big lake, surface like smooth, shining glass. Swans glided along the glass, like clockwork. High water lilies trembled with a strange reality. Emotion, a slight breeze, they're always the same. Then he saw her, Gloria Dania, walking along the shore, only a few feet away. Sudden weakness overcame him. His knees gave way, dropped on a bench. On beach bench, he half rose, sank down. With Gloria whispered, "Gloria." He was alone. A man walked with her. The favourite of millions of women, who had some reason found Clifford Malone not quite perfect. Carl Bretterman, in People's Van magazine, had been hints that Gloria Dania and Carl Bretterman were more than just friends. Books have figured it as being more propaganda. Jealousy and hate rolled to muddy f- fear. Fear and self-inequity. Brooks shrank down against the branch, hoping they wouldn't see him. He wanted to crawl into a dark corner, hide somewhere. There were no dark corners. Everything was bright and white and blazing white light. There, here, no man could hide. No man could sleep. There was no night. A sharp, shrill whistle dug into his brain. A jerk. He jerked around far across the expanse of park. A black sky car came rolling, gliding, sliding towards him. Electrosonic whistles sharpened painfully. He knew this was pursuit. Probably didn't, hadn't, hadn't been so honest, maybe. But that made no difference now. He'd never been any, he'd never been anything anyway that would have 
gone, gone on for any, forever. No matter when a black sky car came for him, there would never have been a place to hide. Hadn't matter, didn't matter now. Not after seeing Gloria Dane and Britain together like that. Before the guards picked him up, he ran towards the lake. The sky car was illuminated, shadow over the glassy water, over the glossy mechanically moving leaves of the high water lilies, over the backs of clockwork swans, where it still seemed to split his skull. Gloria shouted. He ran towards them. Evidently, they didn't hear him. He didn't, she didn't turn. Brittany didn't turn. Books shouted, shout faded across the lake to a glowing bubble and died. He grabbed her arm and spun around. Girl Brittany walked on. Books stared in Gloria Dana's eyes. Cold shiver went down his neck. What was the matter? Where was the warmth, the love, the passion, the worship, the deep, the dark, deep longing? There's no recognition. Without there, without, there could never be any of the other things. However, big photogenic vertical projection screens functioned. Actress, actress, probably were never aware of individuals they entertained. They enter- their entertainment, all the workers, all the work of Gloria, look at me. I wrote the letters, thousands of fan letters. You answered them. They all were answered by, to me personally. Me, Andy Brooks, she said slowly, Andy Brooks. Fifteen mile feet away, the sky car settled. Swans glided slightly across the lake of the grass. Glass. Without noticing anything, water lilies moved, changing breeze, glowed in his eyes, level his. Don't you know me? Brooks shouted wildly. You got to Andy Brooks. He put his name. Yes, Brooks screamed. Look at me. Andy Brooks, remember the lost world of Agar? Where I dreams of each other. Why should we fool ourselves with dreams? I'm here now. I'm real. You're real. I'm broken. A class A law, Tripoli. Come here to, to you, Gloria. You've got to see me. Talk to me. Agar. This is me, Gloria. The world of Agar. The world means of Asuka. A dream is holding the castle. Vesca fleets were laying siege. A guardian sea wall. How could it have gone on so long? But you knowing it was our dream. It was our dream. Vesca. So very frankly, books turned. Two guards were leaping from the sky car. One of them was shouting, You there, halt. We've ordered to kill you if you resist. Get back, Brooks, who cried. Stay right there. He lifted the retro near a gun. Now he wished he brought the brass gun. He'd have blown those guards and his sky car into a million pieces. Guards came slowly towards him along the lake's edge. As one's glided and concerned, Brooks screamed defiantly as he fired at one guard. He threw himself to one side. Foremost guard fell in silent paralysis. Evidently, reflex action caused him to accidentally discharge a medicine blast gun. A blazing lethal flame mushroomed. A green lawn crackled, black char in a long smoking swathe. Brooks fired again. The other guard dodged behind an alien-looking tree. Orange leaves, Brooks ran wildly. Gloria, wait! She turned as Brooks ran to pass her. Her shoulder struck Carl Britton. The actual body tripled, toppled in the lake. He went under without struggle. Orbiter opened, slid under his body until the thick glue, again like a thick, shiny glue. The swans glided over the spot. Britton never came up. There's no movement in the water. Brooks ran on after Gloria. Had stopped walking behind him. He heard the guards 
He heard her guard shouting, ran past a parked sky car. Beside it, a couple sat shoulder to shoulder, looking over the lake. It seemed oblivious to commotion. Brooks grabbed Lori's arm and dragged her towards the sky car. You remember, he sobbed. I see that you remember, he said to Crowling back. As he started to drag the woman into the seat, he hesitated. He stared into her face, face he had kissed many times, thousand thousand adventure dreams in a hundred imagined worlds, the same but somehow different. Her eyes returned his stare, unblinking, recognizing, unconcerned, flesh was strangely unresponsive, his hands, no resistance, no compliance, nothing at all. Guards were running. God was running. He was near. He stopped, leveled a mason. Blast gun, I don't want to kill you, he shouted, hysterically. Give yourself up. I never killed anything. Didn't want to ki- I don't want to kill you. Barks l- laughed crazily. You'll kill her too. If you fire at me, you'll kill the dreams of millions of your fellow workers. If you kill Loridania, get back here now. You're too dangerous, the guard said. I've ordered to kill you if you don't give yourself up, because you're insane. <coughs> Andy Brooks laughed. He tried to push Loridania into the space car. Into the, into the space car. He saw Gloria guard was doing, going to risk a blast. His bun dropped her body between them. It flashed through his mind. If she died with him, then in a way, she'd be his forever. Only his, and she would never be shared with all the other millions of workers. Blazing light burned and blinded him. He felt gr- grasping and crushing with a deep and ag- lasting agony. He lay in burning fog. He tried to get up. Couldn't move for a flickering blur to the guard lynching toward, lurching towards him, his face white and contorted with fear and horror. Brooks' hand fumbled blindly, touching something. Gloria, he whispered. He slowly twisted his head. He had not, he had, he had to do that much. The sky car was smoking, melting pile, unrecognizable. Beside him lay something else. Also smoking a human outline, a framework of wire, metallic joints, bits of cloth of melting fluid, springs, some burnt out vacuum tubes, condenser, charged coil, other parts all running down through a framework, a skeleton of red hot wire, charred hair sizzled in blue flame, fine mesh of a metal skull, Gloriadania. The scarred stood over books, his face twisted, his voice came through a dense Curtain of time and space, pain, been here for years, never suspected such a thing. I knew something was queer, but this, this is what they uh, give us, puppets, masonettes, wire and puttery, puttery and plastic. She's my favourite actress too, my pin-up girl, just a second ago. Aha, funny, isn't it? I fought for her a thousand times, lost World of Agacar against an army's Vesica. This is what they gave us. For dreams. Brooke managed to turn his head so he wouldn't have to look at what lay beside him. Two pretending lovers still sat shoulder to shoulder by the lake. Beautiful golden people staring over the water. Romantic lovers. They were oblivious to what had happened. Lake was coloured glass and raffled. The clockwork swans glided over the shiny surfaces. Perfume wind blew unchanged for the dutiful Nearing leaves of the white lilies. Above him, the great bubble of a shooting city seemed to burst in a million bright, glittering shards. Glittering shards. 
I tell everyone the guards were shouting. I tell them the millions so they know. Then there was no sound, but the wild, fading cries of God. Brooks closed his eyes to sleep. It's a one dream, he thought, that it would be his own, my own, the end. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.